1: The world is a scary place especially for investors the news cycle is not meant to make you feel good or warm or rosy and it can impact how you invest so there's this great importance that we understand the narrative that we see in the news relative to the reality and typically the narrative that in the world we live in is usually bad it's almost perpetually always bad but there's also the other thought that the reality is almost always good. The underlying fundamental army of productivity in the United States is something that the successful investor is reminded of, or remembers over and over and over again. So today we're going to talk about the critical importance of rational optimism for investors. I'm Wes Moss. The prevailing thought in America is that you'll never have enough money and it's almost impossible to retire early. Actually, I think the opposite is true. For more than 20 years, I've been researching, studying, and advising American families, including those who started late, on how to retire sooner and happier. So my mission with the Retire Sooner podcast is to help a million people retire earlier while enjoying the adventure along the way. I'd love for you to be one of them. Let's get started. So we all lived through a period of time in a pandemic, obviously, where everything COVID-related totally dominated everything, totally dominated the news cycle, totally totally dominated our lives and our family and our business and our work. And it was about statistics of COVID. And then it was about the vaccine. Are we gonna get the vaccine? Is it gonna work? And then it worked. It was getting the vaccine rollout. And it was all about, and then it was It's not over the, this variant and that and the double mutant is gonna be the United States or, or across the pond. Or, and we're and we're and as we've left that crisis, and I think we all understand how the media works. Their job is not to make you feel good. If it bleeds, it leads is an old newspaper euphemism that has been always been the case. It's always been the case. Bad news sells because we are wired to listen. Oh, I want to avoid danger. Makes sense. But in the world that we live in today, it's almost as though we've had this call it a nitrous or a turbocharger on that negative media news engine that's made it even harder to wade through, I think. And I can tell you, it makes it even more difficult for investors. So the what I wanted to remind us today is just the fact that as we have now left one crisis, there will be a new crisis. And that's always gonna be the case. So let's go through the kind of the new candidates for the new scary pieces of, what 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 investors have to worry about and i used to do this thought i used to do we do talks and i would always have in my back pocket the the dirty dozen of the 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 scary 12 things that are happening right now and a lot of times those those scary things are the there are perpetual things on that list market correction always scary uh, the, for the longest time the the thought of the chinese economy taking over the united states always kind of a scary thought the, the list of let's call it that the half a dozen today is still I let's call it a formidable list for investors to be concerned about, and understand and realize. But also I'm going to counter this in just a, a minute on all of the fundamentally even more important good things that we're all faced with. If you really open up the hood and look inside and see what's happening in the United States economy. And it's a concept I, I call the army of American productivity. And it's a very formidable force. The army of American productivity is a formidable force that investors need to be constantly either remember or reminded of. And I'm going to do that here today on this podcast. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Check planning for what's next and how to save for it. That's where bank of America can help for your financial to do's. Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24 seven in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us.
0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.
1: So what are the new candidates? We need a new crisis or we need a new scary monster for markets to worry about and Americans to worry about. And of course we have some great candidates for that, by the way, we have number one on the list is inflation. Inflation is a product of too much money, chasing too few goods and services. And we're gonna be living with real inflation for some time. We haven't really been bit by inflation since the 1970s. And we've lived through multiple decades of technology, bringing the cost of everything, not everything, but a lot of the big the things we've spent our money on down. We're going through a period of time where regardless of all of the great technology that's kept things cheap, 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 we've already started to really see real inflation. It's not just worried about it. It's actually here. Warren Buffett's been talking about it. He owns multiple businesses inside his Berkshire Hathaway conglomerate. One of those is a home builder and all of the companies that he owns that are supplying homes are going up and they're having to raise prices at the, at the, uh, at the let's call it the product level. Obviously, lumber we've already heard about many times, but anything that materials that go into house prices up. So the home they have to raise prices. Then the home builder who's building the house has to raise prices, and then the consumer has to pay a higher price, and that's inflation. And it's not just happening in home building; it's happening in almost every sector of the economy. Now, technology has helped keep a lot of that down but there's only so much technology and innovation can do in an environment where we are today. So inflation, particularly with, think about all the stimulus that's happened because of the pandemic back in 2020 and, and 2021, the US government has spent almost $10 trillion to get the United States through the pandemic. So they they increased the money supply significantly. And again, what's inflation? Too much money, choosing too few goods, and that's, a byproduct of that so that is a real issue that americans consumers retirees right frankly we all have to worry about it and investors are by the way very well suited to fight against inflation because my favorite elixir for battling inflation is to own companies and own equities that are able to raise those prices but we're not here to talk about that solution so much as to the bigger picture of what's scary today and why we can still continue to march forward as investors. So inflation number one, of course, the worry about tax hikes. Yes. Tax hikes for corporations, not great for investors. Tax hikes, hikes. Personally, you probably don't want to see your own taxes go up. There's even more money uh, potentially going to the IRS to make tax collection even better for the government. So there's a lot to think about there. We're still in a period of time where there's lots of social unrest. And we don't know when, if that gets better quickly or it gets worse from here, but we remember the summer of 2020 and it's a lot to think about. We we also have to remember that all that stimulus money that we talked about, that's creating inflation is also created. What massive government debt, the government debt that we have in the United States is through the roof. Now, as long as we have a large growing economy, we can easily service that debt and it's not necessarily something that's going to crack or, shatter tomorrow but it's something that we always have to have on our mind as investors we also think about other economies so what about uh, we we, we've been in a trade war with china for the better part of a decade i don't see that getting any better what does that mean for the economy and then think about the climate Uh, what, what about is what's happening with the climate is is it something that we all need to be worried about not worried about it's on the list of concerns it's on the list of Hey, what's the new crisis of the day? And today I just wanted to give us a healthy reminder of just how strong, oh, so those are all headwinds. Those are headwinds, that hurts. I wanted to give us a reminder of just how strong the tailwinds are for and how strong those tailwind winds are blowing for this economy and the country that we live in and perhaps around the world. Now the media again is designed to, to, to prey on your biggest fears, expose the danger, Uh, and it's built perfectly to do so. And of course social media has been the turbocharger on top of that. Uh, and that's why investing is so hard because you've got fact and we have fiction, fiction is way more interesting than fact and narrative is much easier to make scary if it's going to be interesting versus reality. And that's why we're here to remind you on the retire sooner podcast that even though the narrative can be bad today or is bad today, by the way, it's always some level of bad or awful or terrifying. The reality is good. And good's not even the right word. It's better than good. We we are we. If you stick to the math and the data and the critical thinking, as an example through COVID, you realize that at some point we would get out of that crisis and economically rebuild. Then you then it was easier for people to understand to stay in stocks. Emotionally, watching the news, uh, it was difficult to say, to think why would I be invested in the middle of this terrible crisis that could go on for who knows, right? If you go back to March of 2000, who knows how long the shutdowns were and in the, in the virus and the pandemic, right? But if you stuck to the math and the science and the critical thinking of it, you very quickly figured out that, hey, if we just stick to this objectively, we're gonna get out of this and we need to be hanging on to stocks. And that was a hugely important lesson that I still to this day am proud of that difficult message that i know i can tell you helped a lot of people get through that period of time and because of that we're able to really come out on the other side in a much much better financial situation than they maybe otherwise would have been now we've got all sorts of of listeners to the retire sooner podcast a lot of folks do investing on their own and they are and you may be i may be preaching to the choir here and today's just a reminder and then other folks are getting to a point in time where even though they might understand everything that's happening, it, the stakes just get really too high and you get to the point where you've got all this money, I've got a lot of money saved. And that's maybe why you've turned to and listened to financial news, which is here to scare you podcasts like ours here, are not meant to scare you. They're meant to shed light on what's really happening in the world. And we take a lot of pride in doing that. And again, I, I do this for a living. I am a financial firm, been an investor for families uh, for 20 some plus years. And it's something that we do every single day. We've got about 45 folks that work at my firm, Capital Investment Advisors. And we're very proud to have stuck to the math and the data and the critical thinking to get people through a terrible period of time. But there's always gonna be these terrible periods of time. And that's what today's thoughts are really all about. And this is a topic that kind of is counter to like, so what's the, what's the elixir, right? We've got this tailwind that I speak of and I'll give you some examples, some amazing things happening in the economy, but really first and foremost, I think of our, our nation and our economy as this army of American productivity millions and millions over a hundred million, people uh, of the smartest people and the brightest people and the most enterprising people and the most hardworking people on the planet. Right here, here in the US, here at our borders, they get up every single day and they advance the ball. We already have that progress and we see it, right? We have electric vehicles spinning all over the roads. Uh, We have oil that now we have available for the next hundred years. We have more oil than we'll ever probably use you're listening to this podcast probably through your iPhone or your Samsung. That's the same computing power that essentially sent men to the moon in, in the early days. And that's just in your hand and pocket today. What could possibly be next? Not only is it all these headwinds and the scariness, but we've already had so much progress. Can it really get better from here? And I just want to answer that today. So let's start with a couple of fundamental things that are happening to this economy. We all know that when we got the internet and started to embrace the internet, it just totally transformed the, the world and the economy. But it didn't do that everywhere. We think of it happening in the United States, but you still can't get a signal you certainly can't get a 5G signal. If you're 200 miles off the coast fish, fishing for tuna, you certainly can't get a signal or 5G in the Saharan desert, and you can't get it on the top of the Himalaya mountains. Well, that's a lot of places in the world. It's we're don't, we do not we do not just live in urban centers. Certainly the majority of the population does, but there's also this massive amount of people that don't have great internet connectivity in a post COVID world. There is this massive demand that I don't see ending of people wanting to go to the coasts and the mountains and the deserts and the lakes and the forest and the plains, wherever it's not just midtown Atlanta, where I live. And it's a lot easier to do that. The minute you have connectivity, it transformed the world once. And it's about to transform the world and the economy again. And that has to do with high speed internet to the globe. Now you've all heard of Elon Musk and you've heard of SpaceX and all the work that he's done beyond just Tesla, but SpaceX is in the process of putting up low earth orbit satellites, essentially a constellation called Starlink that is call it over a thousand smaller satellites that will connect to each other and beam down to everywhere in blanket, not just cities, but just the entire planet with what is essentially as fast as 5g service. So they are going to provide near not hundred percent, but near global coverage of the populated world. And that's supposedly by the end of 2021. And I don't know if that's going to happen or not, but it doesn't matter soon they're already in process of doing that. In fact, one of our team members has a house up a cabin up in the mountains in Georgia, and they've already signed up for Starlink service to get internet because they have zero bars on their cell phone. There's no internet up there. And quite frankly, they, they love it because it's peaceful and serene. But when you start having you know, little kids and they, what happens to some the kids, you just, you want to be connected in the world we live in, let alone work there. So they're in the beta for Starlink, and they're about to have real internet service in a very remote place. By the way, Amazon's doing the same thing. They have their own project where they're anticipating over 3,000 of these same similar types of satellites, a whole constellation around the United States. So they're gonna be multiple providers of global high-speed internet. Imagine what that's gonna do to the global economy. So massively fast internet to every single part of the globe. So again, to me, this is one of those things where we all remember and have heard the phrase, well, everything, the patent officer in 1842, who said that everything that's already been invented is everything that can be invented. How could we do anything more? And I always think of that quote, and by the way, I think that quote is, is false. I, I think it's what going, I looked at up on snoops or something or slopes or, and it's supposedly false, but it does feel that way. Sometimes it does feel that we have everything at our disposal. How does it get a lot better? If you think about what are they going to do to your iPhone? They're going to give it a 17th camera, right? So you start thinking about how can we continue to push forward? And then you start thinking about game changing things like Starling Constellation and what can that do for the economy? Just game changing. Another example, totally opposite end of the spectrum. Another example I like to, I like to use is a company called plenty. Now there's a lot of these vertical farming companies that have gotten at least a little bit of traction. One of the biggest ones and the most well-known that's the most far along is a company called plenty. So when I think of farming, you think of combines and hundreds and hundreds of acres in the Midwest. Vertical farming obviously is, is kind of the opposite of that. It's, this is farming in cities, in let's call it or right outside an urban center with a building that's kind of like a greenhouse, but it's tall and it's got several stories. And instead of growing plants flat, they grow them on walls vertically so that you can maximize the space. And what Plenty has already done and already up and running, this isn't like a concept, They are a farming company, which is funny when you see it, it looks more like a a lab or it looks like a technology company, but it's a farming technically startup company that has a building of vertical farming racks and they use two acres, just two acres to grow lettuce. They produce the same amount of luscious lettuce in that two acre postage stamp then it takes a farm of lettuce on 720 acres. So a normal lettuce farm takes 720 acres to supply the same amount of lettuce that plenty is doing in two. And by the way, they, they use 95% less water than it would to grow it on normal land. So plenty is essentially doing farming with 99% less land and 95% less water. How's that for supplying food to the world? How's that for saving water to the world? How's that for the environment? All the above. And all of that is really a technological advancement for very old line industry. So here we are, I see over the next decade or so. By the way, that little two acre plot gives lettuce, kale, and I don't know, a couple other greeneries to 430 Albertsons in, in, in California. If you're in the Southeast Albertsons, the same thing as like a Publix or a Kroger, 430 of them from a two acre farm, all the kale and arugula and lettuce you can eat. So we're in the beginning of stages of more effectively, not just like five or 10 or 20% more, but feeding the world in a 99% more efficient way. And then connecting the world in a more efficient way than has ever been imagined oh and by the way I haven't even gotten into medical technology the 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 United States alone just delivered three miracle vaccines to stop a global pandemic in under a year with by the way brand new technology for two of those three astoundingly good the picture is so good it's hard to fathom you're just not going to see it when you turn on the nightly news all of this goes back to this very important point for, and the importance of rational optimism for investors, particularly if you're trying to get to retirement sooner, is that a company's vision. And this is this thought around investing in equities, which, you know, if you've listened to the podcast, I'm a big believer in it. The companies or publicly traded companies, whether you own a share of it or hundred shares or a thousand shares, the companies you're trying to buy or own in the U S stock market, And I'm not talking about any specific company here, but I'm just talking about if you're a publicly traded company, their whole ethos is to grind higher and produce more and have better earnings, right? Companies are genetically engineered to grind higher. So no matter what's happening in the world, whether it's a dirty dozen or half a dozen of scary things or a pandemic or before an election or before a bill or not a bill or a passage of this, no matter what's happening on the globe. In the face of climate change and natural disasters and terrorism and all the bad things that we wake up and face every day, the companies that we're investing in—they their vision is still their vision, right? If you have a job or company, you're you're working for your clients or your patients, and you're giving them your best every single day. You're inching progress forward every day. The great American companies in the S P 500 have millions of people working for them every single day, giving it their best. That's an unstoppable force. From the way I look at it, it's an unstoppable inertia. It's a, and, and a driving force that pushes the economy that we live in to new heights, not every single day incrementally, but just further and further over time. And it starts in the mind of just one person, one human that wakes up every day and asks, Hey, how do I get through this day and do the best I can for my company and myself, which ultimately Feeds my family, right? So we have this we have this survival instinct to do well. So the economy is based on our survival instinct to produce more, to feed the family. Multiply that daily act by, let's call it uh, about 150 million people in the labor force, in the United States alone. That's the US labor force. Collective mindset. What does that look like to me? I, I start to visualize it as a, it's an army. It's an army of progress. It's an army of American productivity and the people you and I, we, we, go to work every single day to make this the most powerful economy in the world. It's so powerful. It makes us just a little bit smarter, a little bit faster, a little bit better operators every single day. That's why I'm excited to be an American investor. And I hope you are too. It might not be perfect alignment, but every company, particularly if it's publicly traded, wants to grow. And every human wants to feed their family. You put those two goals together, they overlap, and it creates this harmony of progress and the growth of earnings for our great American companies over time. No tax hike or election can stop it. No stimulus package or lack thereof can stop it. No pandemic can stop it. That's why I keep investing in the United States and continue to believe in the power of working productive Americans. And that's why I'm staying invested no matter what I see in the headlines.
0: Hey y'all, this is Mallory with the Retire Sooner team. Please be sure to rate and subscribe to this podcast and share it with a friend. If you have any questions, you can find us at westmoss.com. That's W-E-S-M-O-S-S.com. You can also follow us on Instagram and YouTube. You'll find us under the handle, Retire Sooner Podcast. And now for our show's disclosure. information.